Welcome to the third out, hosted by Bryson French and Noah Witzke. What is up, guys? Welcome to the third out. My name is Bryson French, here with Noah Whiskey, and today, not only do we have a special episode for you guys, we have a special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, meet Josh Resch, the host of Rattling with Resch, which is an Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. i just uh, happy you guys uh, invited me on. I'm excited. I know uh, any Diamondbacks fans out there, we did just get swept by the Dodgers. Uh, it was a tough series, but you know, we, we play the Braves next, the Reds and then the Pirates, so we got a little bit of a easier schedule up ahead, but I'm excited to be on and uh, see how this goes. And uh, yeah, any Diamondbacks fans, uh, rattle on afresh, follow me on Instagram. Um, it's on a lot of different streaming websites. You can check out my Instagram, but uh, I'm excited. Let's get uh, yeah. let's get, get into it. Yeah, so you're Diamondbacks. They're off to, uh, I mean, a hotter start than I think at least I expected. Um, what have your thoughts been with them so far this year? Yeah, so I, uh, before, my, one of my first episodes, I had them projecting, I mean, it's still possible, but losing another 100 games this year. But um, they've definitely uh outperformed the way i thought they would i mean they have a young core over there a lot of future and uh the only thing i will say is hopefully we don't make any dumb trades trading away our prospects um unfortunately i do think we'll probably trade Cattell Marte and david peralta maybe walker uh during the deadline if we're not competing um i know right now we're only like two and a half games out but uh in the wild card but uh that division we're in is just brutal i mean we have a I essentially called the NL All-Star team the Dodgers. They're just really, really good team. And then the Padres are doing their thing. And then, I mean, Rockies aren't even that bad. But, I mean, they're just – I'm excited. The Dimebacks I'm in the future. I mean, you got guys like Corbin Carroll coming up, Alec Thomas. We've already seen him. And then, obviously, Jordan Lawler. He's still in single A or high ball single A. But I'm excited for the team. I'm just – like I said, hopefully we don't make any wrong trades. The Diamondbacks are always a team that I love watching, you know, starting pitching is really hot. I know the offense was a struggle at the beginning of the year, but really got it going a little bit recently too. Yeah. Uh, don't, uh, don't even get me started about the offense. I mean, it's still pretty, pretty lackluster. I mean, I know we have guys like Varsho are kind of heating up. Cattell's heating up, but um, I will say our pitching has definitely cooled down a bit. I mean, we still got Gallon up there and, Arguably top five for Cy Young right now. I know he didn't do well his last outing, but um, I don't know. Our pitching has cooled down. The The main problem with the team is uh, I would just say the bullpen is a pretty, pretty rough, rough, rough gray area. But that's always been a problem for the Dimebacks, I will say. But, yeah, that, that's really the Dimebacks. The bullpen's brutal. Yeah. Well, we'll be talking about Mark Melanson. Noah, Noah what are we doing today? All right, guys, we got a couple things planned here. You know, we're going to play guess that rookie. I'm going to give out some stats here, and they got to guess the rookie. And then we got a the hot and cold game, I believe, we played early on here. But so we'll just get started here with guess that rookie. Uh, all right, so we got an average of 245, OPS of 776, and they have – 21 RBIs. Now, is that going to be Suzuki, Julio Rodriguez, or Bobby Witt? Uh, so, oh, I, I, sorry, I'm not really sure how this goes. I already have my my guess, but uh, you can go first. 
Oh, yeah, if you got your guess, all right. But um, yes. what was the home run number again? The home run number was 21. Or no, the home run number was four. I didn't give it to you, but it's four. Uh, is there a stolen base number I could get? Stolen bases. Here I feel like it's three. Three? Okay. Well, that rules out J-Rod for me. Um, I was thinking J-Rod because of that average. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like 250 is not high, but like this year with the way offenses are rolling, that's kind of high. Okay, I got my answer. Josh, you got yours? Yeah, I do. You want me to start one out first? I'll, I'll say it's Suzuki. I think I think he's around four hormones. All right, Josh, what's your guess? I I was I was gonna say Suzuki as well because I know Bo or not Bo Bichette. What the heck? Uh, Bobby Wood Jr. was struggling a lot. Um, he played pretty well at the beginning and then just kind of fell down a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I'm gonna go Suzuki. You both would be correct. It is Suzuki. All right, now here we go. All right, now this guy is hitting. 178 with a slugging of shoot lost my spot slugging of a 322 OPS plus of 637 and then that's just that's all I'll give you for right now Any, need anything else options oh shoot. sorry <laughs> sorry forgot about the options there we got Cooper Helmer Jose Siri or Jake Berger oh man that that's an easy one that's Cooper Hummel, right? That's got to be him. Bryson, you got to guess? I mean, I honestly don't know. I was going to say Berger, but I'll I'll trust Josh on it. You're correct. It is Cooper Hummel. Yeah, that, that guy blogs a triple A. I will say. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew you'd like that one, so I tossed that one in there. <laughs> yeah, right when you said 178 or 179, and then I – I mean, he said Cooper home. I was like, yeah, that's him. That guy. I mean, he he, he was our DH. He's our DH, and he bats in the leadoff spot. Uh, questionable, but, you know, it is what it is. All right. So now we got a guy who has struck out 18 times. He's hitting 326, slugging at uh, 457 with 30 hits. He is also leading rookies in batting average. So we got Luis Gonzalez, Jeremy Pena, or Juan Yepes. Uh, Yepes is on fire, but he's not a big batting average guy. What was the batting average again? 326. 326. Yepes isn't that high. Who are the other two options again? Luis Gonzalez or Jeremy Pena. Okay, I got my guess. Yeah, I got mine too. So. All right, go for it. Just shoot it. Uh, you know, I I was looking at Jeremy Pena's stats a while ago. I think his batting average was in the two nineties. I might have been wrong. No, no, it, it's Jeremy Pena, right? I was. Yeah. I hope you're wrong because I think it's Jeremy Pena as well. Yeah. It's Luis Gonzalez. Oh, jeez. But Pena is third, hitting at 290. I should have just gone with my gut, man. All right. Now we have a guy hitting at 270. 
He has struck out 58 times, 14 stolen bases with 22 RBIs. And that'll be Jake Berger, uh, Bobby Witt, or Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, I know this one. Ooh, I, I don't know this one. That's, that's... Berger definitely doesn't have stolen bases. That's for sure. Here you go, Julio. That's my guess. Yeah, I think Julio is leading the league. I think last Sunday when we did our game, he had like 12 stolen bases. So I'm going to go with that. I know he's – yeah, I feel like it's him. It's got to be Julio. You would be correct. Let's go. Yeah, I didn't realize he struck out that much. What was the strikeout number? It was high, wasn't it? It was 58 times. 58. I think you said 58. Like, immediately jumped. That's like Joey Bart or something. That's what I was thinking you were going to go with. He said the stolen base number. Oh, never mind. Yeah, yeah. He leads the uh, qualifying rookies in strikeouts at 58. All right. So now we got a guy who has 11 runs, 13 hits with four home runs and seven RBIs. So, and I'll give you, I'll give you the batting average too. At batting at 160, got Spencer Torkelson, Joey Bart, or Kevin Smith. Um, it could be Torkelson or Bart, honestly. I think, I don't know a lot about Smith, but like, Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Torkelson. Um, I heard he was struggling from a, a source of uh, Twitter, so we're going to go with Tor- Torkelson on that one. I'll go with Bart. I think he struck out a lot, low batting average, but I feel like he's had decent production in other numbers, so I'll go with Bart. Bart would be correct there. Oh, but Tor- Torkelson's numbers are very similar. Yeah, he's bat- Torkelson's batting at 176 with 11 RBIs and 22 hits. So, all right. Far off there. No. All right, we got two more on here. All right. Oh, shoot. Yeah, all right, here we go. We got 22 hits, four RBIs, zero stolen bases, betting at 274. So high high batting average, no stolen bases, very few RBIs. Okay. And then, so those choices will be Brandon Donovan, Juan Yepes, Jake Berger. Well, it's not Yepes. Yepes got more production than that. Uh, the batting average is high. Donovan has a decent batting average. I don't know where Berger's at. Okay. Reference my White Sox fans. I'm going to offend them. I feel like it might be Burger though. All right, Josh, you got a guess? I'm gonna go with uh, yeah. I'll just go with Burger, man. Uh, I don't I don't really know the numbers too well. For those guys, so Bryson. I don't know how it, it's, it's Yepes. Should have knew Yepes? that. Yeah, you said four RBIs. Yeah, Yepes has four RBIs. According to this thing, yes. Or eight, no, four home runs. Okay. Well, yes. that oh, uh, yeah. I would have got it right, man. I tell you what. Yeah. Yeah. Four home runs, eight RBIs. I don't think I gave you RBIs. No. Okay. I, I said zero stolen bases. That probably threw you off. 
Well, I mean, none of those guys are really fast. I mean, Donovan's like probably the slowest middle infielder in baseball. All right. Got to find a good one here for the last one. All right. I'm still surprised. Eight RBIs for Yepes. That's still lower than I thought it would be. I still wouldn't have got that right. Yeah. All right. That's my Cardinal guy, too. All right. So this guy has 22 hits, 11 RBIs, 19 walks, and 41 strikeouts. On, yeah. And is that Spencer Torkelson, Jose Siri? Jake Berger, oh, I already gave Jake Berger the choice, or Stephen Kwan. It's not Kwan. Kwan doesn't strike out. So. Uh, I don't know series numbers. And who was, who was your first choice? Uh, Turkelson? Yes, Turkelson. Yeah. I would go with Turkelson. Yeah, I'm going to go with Spencer as well. All right, you'd be correct. It would be Spencer Torkelson. Yeah. So you said Pena was leading a batting average, right? He, he had a good one. We dropped like 290 for the second best. But overall, I mean, I guess it's everyone in the league. It's not just rookies, but like batting averages are terrible this year. Yeah, there's a big drop. So the top two guys are Luis Gonzalez and Glorter Salentino. I oh, doubt I said that right. At one or 326 and 324, and then it drops down to 290. And 290, yeah, it's Pena. Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't know. Bats are off so far this year. I guess, you know, cold weather, they're changing the balls again. All that stuff has something to do with it. But a lot of those rookies got off to slow starts. They're starting to heat up. But with that, let's get into our next game, which is we call it a hot and cold. But we're really just playing the cold half today. Um, I'm not bringing in the hot players yet. We'll do that another week. Um, but basically, we're just going to bring up a player who's been cold, off to a cold start this year, who we expected, or at least some people expected them to do well, even if we didn't personally expect them to do well. Um, we're going to bring them up, give them a few numbers, and then we're all going to guess, just kind of predict if we think they're going to bounce back for the second half of the year. Um, guys like Vladdy, Otani, they're kind of off to slow starts, but they're still like above above league average, so we're not going to count them. Um, guys like Teoscar Hernandez, AJ Pollock, they're off to slow starts, but they've also had injuries, so we're going to try to exclude guys like that as well. So uh, with that, let's get into it. And starting on the offensive side of things, we're going to start with Joey Gallo. Um, you know, he, uh, he's been cold ever since he got to New York, really. Um Kind of the numbers, his batting average is a little bit below his career average. He's hitting 176 right now this year. Um, the OPS plus is at 86, which is really sad. Uh, last year he was at a 120. So he's he's hitting below average. Um, I don't know how we want to do the, the order here. Noah, you want to go first on him? Yeah, yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. Um, I think there's light at the end of the tunnel. I think I think he's going to explode. Josh, what do you think? Uh, you know, I think uh, today the Yankees play and he batted in the nine hole for the first time in his career. And, uh, you know, I've, I've never really been a Joey Gallo guy. Um, 
uh, sure he can hit 40 home runs, but I don't know, man. It's I'm not a bit, I'm just not high on Joey Gallo. I think he he'll, he'll turn it up a little bit, but I don't think he's his numbers are gonna impress anyone. Um, you know, I, I did like him in the Yankees ballpark, him being a lefty bat and just absolutely hitting home runs constantly, but he just hasn't really shown that. I mean, he's still a great defender, but um, I don't know, I just don't really. I'm not too high on Joey Gallo, if I'm being honest. I think he's yeah. going to kind of just stay a little bit below average this year. Um, I don't know. That's my opinion on Joey Gallo. Yeah. The alarming thing for me is his outs above average, which is a defensive stat. So, like, we're talking about, like, his offensive production has dropped off. His defense has dropped. Like, he was oh, 90. Has? He was um, in the 93rd percentile defensively last year, and now he's in, like, the 6th. So, like, if it were just an offensive thing, I'd be like, oh, you could bounce back from that. But, like, we're seeing his defense drop, too, which is kind of weird. Um, the other thing on him is, like, the shift kills him. We've kind of always known that about him. But uh, if the shift didn't exist, he would have a Woba of 481 this year, which would be, like, beyond insane. Instead, it's 273. So, I mean, the shift kills him, and he's proven in his career he's not going to get over that. And so, yeah, I don't – I don't think he'll be this bad. I mean, like, you know, OPS plus of 86. I think he can bounce back to like league average, if not like a little bit above, but he's also not going to be the player he was in Texas in the first half of last year. So that's where I'm putting him. Next, that'll take us to another guy that moved to the AL East, and that is Matt Chapman. Now, Matt Chapman has been defensive wizard, you know, three gold gloves, two platinum gloves. He's never been particularly great at the plate. I mean, he's had some good years, like in 2018 and 19, but like he got signed by Toronto to play defense. So he's kind of had an offensive drop. I think what it was that Noah and I talked last week, he was like leading the league in strikeouts or something like that. Um, his batting average is 189. And again, just like Gallo hitting below league average OPS plus of 84. Um, six home runs, 17 RBIs. Noah, what do you think about Chapman here in Toronto? I think I think it's going to be a down year for him. Uh, you know, you get more comfortable, you know, being being in the ALEs, being up there in Toronto. Um, I don't I don't see him bouncing back quite or bouncing back really at all this year. Yeah, it's, I I think the same. Um, you know, it is crazy. You meant, mentioned the 2018 and I believe 2019 uh, years. He was also he was uh, actually voted top 10 in uh, MVP those two years. And um, like you said, great glove at third base. I mean, nothing's really going to ever get by him over there. Um, yeah. Kind of just like what Noah said, uh, got to get comfortable in the new, in the new Jersey, but I like Matt Chapman a lot. Uh, I hope he bounces back obviously, but I think it'll just kind of be like a, a long season for him offensively. If he continues to hit at this rate, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm with you guys. It's going to be, you know, not the greatest season for him offensively. And we've seen, like, his career average offensively is, like, league average. Like, his OPS plus over his whole career is 100 on the dot. So, he's never, like, again, he's had some years where he's been a really good hitter and other years where he's been not so great hitter. And, you know, I don't think that really matters to Toronto because they have so much power in that lineup. You know, if he can just flat, like, keep it a little bit above where he is. I mean, he's got six home runs and 17 RBIs. Like, that's a decent amount of production for a guy who's struggling. If he keeps doing that, I think Toronto would be happy, and I don't really think he's going to 
you know, he's not going to bounce back and, you know, have an amazing second half offensively. You know, he's there to play defense, and I think he's going to keep doing that. So I think all three of us are kind of out on Chapman there. Uh, that'll move us down to the four spot, Yasmani Grandal. So Grandal, a lot of people had him. This is kind of one where I think Noah and I were kind of out on him coming into the season, and a lot of other people weren't. A lot of people had him in, like, their top ten catchers list really, like, towards the top, if not at the top spot. Um, but Noah and I, we really weren't sure that would be the case. Um, so on baseball savant, all of his expected stats have dropped drastically compared to where they were in last year and other years in his career. Um, he is striking out less, but he's barreling up less balls than normal. And he has a hard hit ball percentage that is worse than normal for him. Um, obviously the batting average is at 180, So pretty bad. The OPS plus 56. That is real bad. Only two home runs and nine RBIs. What do we think about the 33-year-old catcher here, guys? Uh, my stance is still the same before the season. I don't I don't see him getting out of this rut, at least this year. I mean, especially at 33, if you're already going on the down, especially as a catcher, you know, your knees can only get uh, so old. Josh, what do you think? Is he? I'm sorry, I I don't. Is he still a, a catcher, or is he he dh he does dh too? Um, I think he dhs on like off days, but he's still a catcher. He's still primarily behind the plate. Because uh, I don't know. I you said some people had him ranked like top ten catchers. I don't even think he's a top ten catcher in the league. Um, he's a two thirty seven career hitter. Um, I don't know. I don't think he's. I mean, he's a good switch hitting catcher i guess but other than that like i'm not too high on him i'm sure he'll find a stroke but other than that i'm not like too high on grandall um i don't know that's really my opinion on grandall nothing else <laughs> yeah i think i am kind of in the same boat i mean last year we saw him as like the wilba kings like he striked out an insane amount and had a terrible batting average but then he just got extra base hits like every time or he just got walked um we're not seeing that this year. And I think pitchers kind of figured out that he's kind of a low batting average guy and they're attacking him a lot more. Uh, so it's not working out for him. And, you know, the ages get into him. A lot of those things. I just, you know, a lot of these guys, I'm thinking, man, they may not be this bad the whole year, but they're not going to bounce back to like the all-star slash borderline MVP level players that people think they could be. So that's kind of where I'm at with Grand too. Like, uh, can, can I add uh, one more thing? Um, yeah, go ahead. I also I don't I don't know the the stats or to back it up, but I honestly don't even think he's that great a de- defensive yeah. catcher. Um, no. we didn't even bring that up. I don't think he's that great defensively, and I rather have a great defensive catcher than a great hitting catcher. If uh, I don't know any Jeff Mathis fans out there, love that guy. Yeah. Uh, great defensive catcher. So yeah, I think he's always been like borderline average defensively, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see him bouncing back that much this year uh, as well. And I'm going to pull up his framing percentile real quick. I got it right here. He's, he's literally like just a smidge above average in framing. So, I mean, you could, that's nothing else. That's not that special. So, all right, moving on Javier Baez. This is a guy that, uh, Kind of received a lot of hate on our show, maybe a little unwarranted, 
Uh, I think our entire, not our entire first episode, and the first episode we ever made was literally a game on like just trying to figure out what shortstops were better than Javier Baez. Um, but he is having a big or a terrible year this year, really. Um, I think a lot of it boils down to the fact that he thrives in the big moment and there aren't a lot of big moments in Detroit. Um, you know, his hard hit ball percentage is really low. He doesn't walk. He strikes out a lot, but he's actually striking out less this year. Um, he chases balls out of the zone a lot. He's swinging and missing a lot. Uh, normally he has a really high exit velocity. Um, this year, not so much, but what do we think about bias here? Yeah. Now you said he thrives in the big moment. See, that's why the signing with Detroit made no sense to me at all. I mean, he thrives, you know, all the lights are on him. You know, he's, I don't want to say the star because in New York, he wasn't really a star, but like he fit in New York so much better more than he fit in Detroit. So, yeah, I don't think he's going I, – I don't think the experiment with Detroit's going to work. I don't see him bouncing back at all. Gosh. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, I, I think it was a, a bad signing. Um, I mean, obviously, great defender with the glove over there, but um, I've, I've never been high on Baez. Um, I'm sure he's, he's, he's had some great seasons with the Cubs. But my thing is Baez, I mean, you guys said it. I mean, he – he, sw- he swings and misses a lot, and um, he doesn't really have the best discipline, even though he's been in the league for a long time. And, you know, sometimes when he's up there batting, he sometimes looks like a rookie at the balls he's swinging at. I mean, there was a clip last year. I don't know who was pitching, but he was, like, nowhere close to the ball, and it was just, like, really, really upsetting to see. But I've never been a big bias guy. I like him defensively. But other than that, he just, he just always is – this discipline is just bad. That's all I got. Yeah. I think I look back last year. It's like, you know, remember Harper went into the second half of the season. He hadn't been so great. And then Philly was kind of like trying to make that push for the playoffs. And he went off and ended up winning the MVP. I think Baez is that type of player that if his team were in that situation, he could like bounce back. I don't think Detroit's going to get into anything this year. And I think this year is just kind of like lost for Baez. Like he's just kind of going to disappear into nothingness for this year until he, either bounces back next year or somewhere else down the road. But like, yeah, this year I think is a no go for him. And I think we've all, let's see, we've had one, two, three, four guys we've talked about so far, none of which we've thought are really going to bounce back, but here's a little, this guy I think has a little more chance in my mind. We'll see what you guys think. Jesse Winker. All right. He had a breakout year in 2021. Uh, He strikes out very little. Um, his expected stats aren't as high as they were last year. Um, but you know, it is higher than what he is getting this year. So it kind of shows a little bit of bad luck element as far as what he's got this year, but batting average so far, 213, two home runs, 16 RBIs again, below his career average on pretty much all of that stuff. What do you guys think? Noah? I think, I think he'll bounce back. I think this once the second half of the season starts, once all-star breaks over, I think he'll bounce back. I mean, going from Cincinnati to Seattle, I mean, not just from – I mean, that's a big change in your life to go from Cincinnati to Seattle. So, he's got a lot of stuff going on. But he'll – I think he'll get in the group the second half of the year. Yeah, Josh. Uh, yeah, I actually – I really do like Jesse Winker. Uh, I hope he does back bounce back. Um, I can see him doing that in Seattle. Uh, you know, it – I know last year – I 
think he got he got injured, right? He was like destroying the ball. I don't know what month or but he was on pace to hit a lot of home runs, but he ended up getting injured with the Reds, I think. Could be totally wrong, but you know, he's not doing I mean, I know the batting average is two seventeen, but I mean you look at the strikeout walk rate, it's not not crazy. He's not striking out more than he's well, he's striking out more than he's walking, but it's not absurd i mean he has 25 walks and 25 28 strikeouts which isn't isn't bad i mean he's seeing the ball working the counts getting the walks so i can see winker bouncing back yeah and again i i agree with you guys i think winker's coming back here um this is another another big offseason move marcus simeon went to the rangers now I'll give you his expected stats before I say anything really about him or not his expected stats, his current stats. He has a batting average of 182, and this is kind of out of date because it says zero home runs and nine RBIs, but he had a grand slam the other day, his first home run with the Rangers. So he's got a home run now. Um, I don't know if he had any others during the weekend, but his OPS plus is 42. So pretty terrible there. Is Simeon going to bounce back? No, you know, I was one of those people that wanted the Yankees to sign Marcus Simeon. He was one of the top two shortstops I wanted them to sign. I was so high on Simeon. So, I, I think he'll find find his groove, and I think he'll bounce back. I mean, he's just way too good of a player, too good of a hitter. Um, I think he'll bounce back. Josh? I, I will say uh, he, he won't be doing anything like he did last year. Uh, 45 home runs. I don't think he'll be reaching that number. Um, if I'm being honest, I was kind of looking at uh, his career stats um, while uh, Noah was talking, and he, he has had some good seasons. But uh, you know, I don't I don't want to sound negative, but uh, maybe maybe it was just a one year one year wonder um, where he just out outplayed his stats. Um, but I like Simeon. Uh, the Rangers are kind of struggling with their their pieces they got over there, but I don't know. I just don't think he's going to offensively put up the numbers he did last year. So I don't really see him bouncing back, but obviously, like, I don't know. It's hard to explain, I guess, but I don't know. Okay. Well, you said you didn't really want to be negative, so I'll take care of it for you. Yeah, he was kind of <laughs> a wonder. Uh, two years <laughs> Okay, thanks. <laughs> That's just my opinion, but he, he's been in the league a long time. And he's only had two good years. It was 2019 and 2021. And then he got a big contract. But every other year of his career has been exactly like what he's doing right now, pretty much. Um, and then if you look at what he's doing this year in comparison to 2019 and 2021, it's not even like stuff that I think he can fix. Like, it's not like a hole in his swing. It's like the exit velocity dropped from 90 to 85 miles an hour. Um, so, like a five mile an hour dropout in your exit velocity. Like that's just straight losing power here. Um, yeah. The years in which he was like 88 to 90 miles per hour, those were the good years. So like it's strictly his exit velocity is what's made him look good. I think, or when he's been good, um, hard hit ball percentage is the same. It's like 27% this year. And most, most years in his career has been, like, been around 30% hard hit ball, which is pretty bad for his entire career. The two good years he had were 38 and 40%. So, like, hitting the ball hard 10% more often than what he has most other years. So, yeah, 
I don't think Simeon's bouncing back, and I hate to say that because I do like the Rangers, and I really feel bad for Rangers fans. Um, and maybe he does figure it out, but I'd, I'd really just – being reasonable, I don't think it's going to happen. So that's my thought on that. And that'll move us to Avisel Garcia. Um, I think kind of seeing a pattern here, a lot of these guys are guys in new homes, and Avisel now in Miami. Really struggling. OPS plus of 53, hitting 210, only three home runs, 10 RBIs. Not the offensive leader they thought they were getting so far. No, what do you think about him? This one's kind of tougher, uh, but I think he'll be okay. I think he'll bounce back in the second half of the season. Yeah. Josh? I'd have to agree. I mean, um, I saw him play the Diamondbacks twice, uh, one away in Miami and then home at Chase Field, the Arizona Stadium. And, uh, you know, he, he hits the ball hard, and uh, I like him, so – I, I, I can see him bouncing back. Yeah. Um, I would disagree. I think per, for the reason – the reason is this. Like, I think we have an augmented view of how good he really is because he was leading Milwaukee for such a long time or, like, two years, basically. Because um, Milwaukee's offense was so bad, he looked good because he was their leader. But he was really just, like, above average. Like, his OPS plus is 117 on his career. Um and Josh brought up a good point. He does have a really high exit velocity. It's among the best in the league. But I think he actually gets hurt a lot by that because he gets a lot of top spin, and his ball doesn't actually travel that far. Um, so I could do a whole breakdown on that. That's been a problem throughout a lot of his career because a guy with the exit velocity he has should not have that kind of struggle. Um, but he, you know, he's played well most of his career, and he hits the fastball and the curveball well. This year, um, he's not hitting those two pitches well, so maybe a little bit of, you know, just his swing not working well. Again, that's why he gets top spin. That's why he's struggling a little bit more with the curveball, but I don't think he's going to bounce back this year. Uh, maybe next year he bounces back, but uh, I I really think his whole his whole system is kind of flawed. Just with the high exit velocity, the top spin is kind of a counterproductive thing that kind of hurts him. Um now, our last offensive guy on our list, and we're not going to really talk about him, is my guy, Tyler O'Neill. Um, if you want to hear more about him, uh, we're not going to spend time on him because he's hurt right now. But uh, if you want to hear more about him, check out the Redbird Review. It's our Cardinals podcast uh, where we talk specifically about the Cardinals. I think it's episode two was focused basically entirely, entirely on Tyler O'Neill's problems. Um, but that's all we're going to say about him for right now. I have a whole episode dedicated to him if you want to hear more. Um, that moves us to the pitching side of things. Jose Barrios is the first one we got. He had a, you know high expectations. Some guys picked him as a dark horse to be a Cy Young pitcher this year. Um, I thought he'd at least be beneficial to this, to this Blue Jays rotation. But he is throwing his fastball way more than normal, uh, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me because people rake fastballs in the MLB. So... Don't really see why he's doing that. Um, I mean, every year his his fastball has been raked, and it's just he went from throwing it 26% of the time most years, and he's throwing it 36% of the time this year, so 10% more often. And it's not like he's getting behind in the count and having to use it. He's throwing it like 10% of the time more often, like every count. Like even in 0-2, he's throwing his fastball more often. So, But Barrios, you know, he's sitting here with an ERA of 4.75 a whip of 1.437. 
what do we think about him, guys? No. Yeah, I mean, if he keeps throwing the, his fastball at that rate, I don't, I don't think he's going to bounce back at all. But if he starts shuffling his pitches in a little bit more than like he has in the past, I think he'll settle down and that ERA will go down. But, I mean, as long as he's throwing that fastball, I mean, it's going to get raped every time. I mean, these are professional baseball players getting paid millions of dollars. I think they can hit a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. You know, uh, I always like to give the the case for pitchers this year. Um, the the short the shortened spring training, I think. Well, no, it definitely threw off a lot of pitchers this year. Um, it just takes them longer to get ready. And I mean, he's not he's not doing terrible. I mean, four point seven five. It's I mean for him, that's that's not great. Um, but I mean, looking at like his career stats, he's always been like a sub three ERA guy, uh, up there, high three ERA guy. Um, but that's crazy. I didn't know that about like his fastball rate. I don't know if that's something with like the pitching coach over there. I don't know how to look into that. That's uh, interesting. Cause he, his off speed. I mean, I always watch him pitch and it's just, I always tell myself, I'm like, how do people hit this guy? It's, it's disgusting, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I always just like to give the case for pitchers, um, that short and spring training, really threw him off. I mean, they're still trying to find their rhythm. I mean, I know he's pitched 47 innings, but you know, you got to find that release point. And I, I think, I, I think he's going to bounce back. Um, I, I can see him bouncing back in that blue Jays uh, pitching staff they have over there. Yeah. And I would, um, I would pin it on this. I, I think he will bounce back if he cuts the fastball back a little bit. I don't think he will bounce back if he keeps throwing it like that. And I think it's something that will just change on a dime the moment he decides to do it. But if he does, it could be a confidence thing. Maybe he just doesn't have the confidence in his other pitches for some reason right now. But, like, like Josh said, when you watch him on TV, like, we see it. And it's like, that's dominant. Why would you not want to throw that? Um, so I think Berrios has the ability to turn it around. Again, you know, people looked at him and thought he was a Cy Young caliber pitcher. So, like, he's got the stuff. Just got to trust it. Just got to use it. I think he can bounce back. Um, takes us to our next one. This is uh, it's an interesting one because maybe he doesn't deserve to be on this list, but it's Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, Eduardo, like, I don't know. Is he having a bad year? Like, is he even having a bad year? Like, I don't know. Detroit signed him as if he was going to be their ace, and he's sitting here with a 4.38 ERA and 4 FIP and then a 1.33 whip. But like it's actually better than he was last year. So I don't I don't know what to think about this guy. Um is he gonna I guess is he gonna continue improving or is he gonna go back to where he was last year at a 4.7 ERA? I don't I don't know what to do with this guy. Noah, you got any ideas here? Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily think this guy's having a bad season. I mean, it's pretty on par to what a what it was last year. So, I mean, that's not two in the rotation. I think he's like a three in the rotation guy, though, and they signed him as yeah. That's what I'm yeah. looking at. Yeah, in his role that they signed him for, no, I do, I do not think he'll bounce back at all. But if he's moved back to the rotation like a third or fourth guy, I mean, we'll look, we'll, we would look at him totally different if he was like a third, yeah, like a third, fourth, fifth guy. I mean, that's really where he needs to be is that three to four range. He doesn't need to be anybody's ace at this point. He's not there yeah. yet. Yeah. 
Josh, what do you think of him so far? Uh, you know, this is kind of, yeah, like you said, kind of an interesting case. Um, I don't even think he's doing bad. I mean, if you look at like his career ERA, it's a 4.17. And I know the Tigers signed him as an ace, but realistically, I see him as like a third or fourth starter. Um, I realistically, I think he's just great at kind of like eating up innings. Uh, in 2019, he had. Yeah, it's a really he, good description. he pitched 203 innings. I mean, um, he, he's going to go out there and just give your bullpen uh, a day off, essentially, most of the time he's out there. Um, I also – I think he's injured currently right now, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong. Maybe um, so, but that was recent because he did – he was healthy when I made the list. If he's oh, not okay. It just says on baseball reference, uh, 15 day injured list. So I assume he's injured. I'm not sure what happened to him, but yeah, I don't think he's really having a, a bad year to say. So um, now the one thing that does concern me with him and I left this out earlier, his FIP, which is, for those of you who don't know, FIP is field fielding independent pitching. So it kind of takes your defense out of it and stuff. And let's see your numbers last year. While he had a 4.74 ERA, which was, like, bad, he had a 3.32 FIP, which is actually really good. This year, his FIP is a 4. So there has been some sort of regression, I think. Um, that does kind of concern me. Um, he's a guy that eats innings, and like Josh said, he's on the, the injured list right now. Those are the ty- types of things that kind of concern me. Um, again, I don't see what Detroit really did here. Um you know, they were trying to just, you know, get the rotation set. Um, I don't know. He's going to be, you know, I'll, I'll keep to what the other guy said. He's going to be a solid part of rotation in the middle there uh, for years to come. But I don't think he's going to break out and be an ace at any point, just like the other guy said. So uh, that'll move us down to the next guy, which is Robbie Ray. And there is no debate. This guy's having a bad year. All right. The, the debate was there with Eduardo Rodriguez. It's not here with Robbie Ray. Um, Robbie, he won the Cy Young last year. Best pitcher in all of baseball last year, or in the American League at least. And now he looks bad. Uh, he does. He did lead the league in innings when I made this list, though. Um, but I, I would like to point out, Robbie Ray has had two good years in his entire eight-year career. Um, basically like Marcus Simeon of pitching, honestly. So I don't know what you guys want to make of that. Noah, what do you think of Bobby Ray here? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree. I mean, we've talked about this on past podcasts. I mean, he, he's been average, average, and then all of a sudden he breaks out, you know, has a phenomenal year. And then really second half of the year, like it wasn't even a full year. Yeah. I mean, it was a mediocre first half and then an amazing second half. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, everybody was so high on him for, you know, that, you know, half year, 75% of a year, and then he drops back down to normal. So I don't, I don't see him. I, I think he's pretty much, I don't want to say done, but I think he was another one hit wonder. Yeah. Uh, being an Arizona Dimex fan, um, I know he had a couple good years in AZ. Um, I was I, I honestly was never really high on Robbie Ray. Um, when he's pitching with the Diamondbacks, I mean the guy 
almost got to 100 pitches every game within four innings. And then, uh, like uh, Noah said, just somehow happened to have a one-year wonder, um, which pretty crazy, actually, if you look at, like, his uh, mechanics when he was in AZ to when he went to Toronto, completely different. Um, and I think that's what helped him a lot in his race to winning the Cy Young. But um, I don't know, just being like a Dimebacks fan, I really do think it was just a one-year wonder. Um, but, you know, it's still partially early. Um, we'll see what happens. He's on a new team, so he's figuring out his new team and trying to get comfortable there. But I I, I don't think he's going to – I mean, I'm sure he, he'd probably be like a sub-3 ERA guy at, towards the end of the year, but I don't. he's not going to do anything like he did last year. So – yeah, that's my take that's, on Robbie Ray. Yeah, so the the stat line where I expect him to be is kind of like right what Josh said, like sub three. I would put him like right at a four. So like his ERA is a four point seven seven, but his FIP is a four, like flat on. So I feel like he's a four guy. Um, an interesting fact about last year, his ERA was two point eight four, which was incredible, like led the American League, I believe. But his FIP, again, independent of fielding was a 3.69. That's kind of concerning. Kind of makes it look like last year was just an anomaly and a blessing by his defense. Um, so that's kind of concerning. Um, but as far as like the one-year wonder and like anomaly type of thing, I want to put a little bit of a science and a number behind why things happen for him. Robbie Ray is a fastball slider pitcher. Okay, those are the two pitches he throws, mainly. High percentage of the time. If you're a guy that throws a fastball as much as he does, your fastball has got to be good, right? Now, the two good years he's had, which was 2017, he had one really good year in Arizona. He had a couple other mediocre years in Arizona, but one really good year in Arizona in 2017, and obviously 2021. Those two years, his fastball velocity was over 94 miles an hour. Every other year, it's been 92, 93. And I think it's somewhere in that, like, two to three mile an hour difference that hitters just have enough to pick up on it and differentiate between his fastball and his slider. And it's enough to take him from a sub two ERA to a, a high three borderline four ERA type of guy. Um, so that's where I arrive with Robbie Ray. I think he is, you know, he has the 4.7 ERA right now. I think that's a little out of proportion. He'll bring it back down to a four, but he's not, Saw a young guy, and I think the Blue Jays definitely got the better deal signing Kevin Gosman. Not a doubt in my mind with that one, I don't think so. All right, that'll move us to Chicago. Another guy in a brand new uniform. It really, it's like, is every guy here in a brand new uniform? We got Marcus Stroman up next. Um, now, I am a big Marcus Stroman guy. Love him. Love what he's done with his career. Love the way he's worked. Love the way he plays the game. Really sad that he's been in Toronto, or uh, it's not, excuse me, not Toronto. He was in Toronto. I'm really sad that he's been with the Mets and the Cubs, two teams, which I obviously as a Cardinals fan do not like. Um, but in 2018, he was really good, or excuse me, he struggled in 2018, but he's been good pretty much the rest of his career. Um, yeah, what do we think about him, guys? Starting with Bill. Yeah, I'm like you. I'm a big, big Marcus Stroman fan, uh, you know, like it. Love the way he plays. You know, he's one of those guys that just I love watching him pitch. Uh, I got to see him in person last season when the Mets were playing uh, the Padres. So that was really cool. I really like him. I think he'll bounce back. 
Uh, I mean, I think this is kind of a Cubs effect too. Uh, you know, playing on a bad team, not doesn't have the most help behind him. Uh, but I mean, they're they're also very young, or you know, a new team. A lot of them weren't there last year, so I think the more they play together, you know, they'll give them a little bit more help, and I think a lot of those stats will go down. Because I mean, if you're looking at it, he really hasn't been pitching bad. So, yeah, yeah. Josh. Uh, you know, I I also agree. I I actually love Marcus Stroman. Um, I was a left-handed pitcher in high school and then a little bit in college. But uh, you know, something I always liked about Stroman is was his height, being five seven, and uh, I'm, I'm not the tallest guy. I was like five eight, and just watching him pump cheddar and uh, getting guys out of the major league level, only being five, seven, which majority of pitchers are pretty tall. Um, but I, I do like Marcus Stroman a lot and um, really random. Uh, you guys should, if you're uh, ever bored, look up his dad. His dad is huge. I don't know why that popped into my mind, but he's, he's a massive, massive, massive human being. But um, yeah, I, I think he'll bounce back. I mean, his whole career, he's been pretty, pretty, pretty good. I mean, he had one rough year in Toronto in 2018, but realistically, I mean, he's only 31. I I think he's going to find a home there in Chicago. I don't know. Yeah. I think he's going to perform well over there. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Um, I think Noah had a really good point too. the Chicago effect. We see his ERA is a 4.71, but his FIP, which basically the way I look at FIP, your FIP is what your ERA should be if you're defense or league average. His FIP is a 3.6. So his ERA would be a whole run lower if it weren't for the Cubs defense, basically, in my opinion. Um, And I think that alone would just make it a good year for Marcus Stroman. Like if he had a 3.6 ERA, I think he'd be sitting pretty. Um, So... Yeah, I'm not even going to blame Marcus Stroman. I don't think there's a lot of things that he needs to fix. Um, I think a lot of these factors are out of his control, and I think he's going to be just fine. Now, a pitcher who does need to figure some things out, and this guy, like everybody's going to the injured list. And I had these, it's a Brewish pitcher, it's Brandon Woodruff. And I had, I had Freddie Peralta on this list too. And then Freddie Peralta went to the injured list, and I was like, ah, I should probably take him off. And I left Woodruff on. And then I think, what was it, like Friday or Saturday, Woodruff pitched and made it like four innings, gave up, I don't know, like a couple runs. And then he got taken out. And he's now on the I.L. So Peralta's going to be on the I.L. for a while. Woodruff, I don't know if they've had any news yet. But, yeah, Woodruff is kind of getting raked. He uh, he had some trouble. His ERA last year, I mean, just to point out how good he was last year, his ERA last year was a 2.56, and he had a whip of – 0.965 so under under one with the whip it's incredible not so lucky this year his era is 4.76 no what do you think of woodruff yeah this one's tough too i don't i'll definitely think he's not gonna bounce back but i don't think he's gonna get back to where he was this year i think this is just gonna be a down year i mean you know his curve Curveball's got about a three and a half inch less vertical break right now. Sinker's one mile an hour slower, and there's less movement. So right there showing, I mean, he's just losing a little bit of power, you know, losing spin on the ball. 
So I don't think he's going to bounce back totally this year. This year. Yeah. Josh? Uh, it's kind of a tough one for me. Um, I don't think I've ever, like, like watched Brandon Woodruff pitch. So, um, that right there kind of just tells you I've never – I don't know. I don't really know what he throws, what his pitch mix is, but based off like his career, um, I think he'll bounce back. Um, obviously, like you guys said, I don't think he's going to do what he did in last year, 2021. But I mean, I think he's once again, just going to be like another like sub three guy. Um, but that's really what I have on Brandon Woodruff. Yeah, I think, I think you both are hitting it on the head here. I will say, I think he's going to bounce back. Um, just looking at his career numbers like Josh did, I think he has done some incredible things. He's shown consistent dominance. Um, and I think with what Noah was saying with that sinker, I think if he, I think being on the injured list would give him a chance to look at that sinker. If he comes back and, you know, has the vertical, uh, the break on it. And then if he gets, you know, that mile an hour speed back, I think that's all he needs to get back to where he was. Um, obviously he's got a long ways to go to, you know, bring the numbers back down, but I think from a performance standpoint, he's going to come back and be a huge part of this Milwaukee pitching staff. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what the case is with his injury. Keep an eye on that, how long it is. That may, that may totally affect this or blow it or, you know, make this a reality. So we'll see. Um, but that's going to bring us to our last player. And I saved this guy for last. I hate to send Josh out oh, on the back. Jeez, man, but... don't even get me started with this guy. Yeah, Mark Melanson. Um, yeah, he's been one of the best relievers in the game, and that was kind of from 2014 to 2016. That was kind of a long time ago, now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, yeah. Especially in, a, like, a reliever life, because, like, relievers don't seem to, like, last that long unless you're, like, one of the premier relievers. Um, after 2016 – he was like a plus three ERA type of guy who was just capable and had the experience and like he had what it takes to close a game. Um, but he kind of seemed to figure it out again in 2020 and 2021. He got back to a sub three ERA in those years. Uh, then he got signed by Arizona and the struggles kind of began. No, what do you think? Uh, is he going to come back and be able to be a solid closer? I don't think so. I mean, don't not to be totally negative, but no. I mean, he really hasn't been, I mean, great. I mean, since 2016. I mean, and for a reliever, I mean, that's been, that's a long time. I mean, it's 2022 now, so you know. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't see him coming back. I mean, he might I mean he's got a you know plus seven ERA. So I mean you can't get much worse than that. So I would assume that number would go down or hopefully would go down, you know, to at least four by the end of the year. But yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see him bouncing back. Josh, you think he can be an everyday closer, at least consistent enough to hold a game together? Uh, you know, I, uh, I, I got a lot to say about Mark Melanson. Um, and, you know, last year, uh, 2021, he actually did lead the league in saves with 39. Um, he actually did really well with the Padres, 2.23 ERA. Now, that being said, last year with the Padres, they they used him a lot in roles that were non-save roles, and he, he got lit up. 
And uh, that's kind of the case, uh, how we're using them with the Diamondbacks. We've used them a lot in roles that are non-save roles. And I've talked about it on my, my podcast. Um, but we have we signed Ian Kennedy, and Ian Kennedy knew Mark Melanson was going to be the closer heading into this. But um, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to put it all on Mark Melanson this year, but um, our manager, Tori Lavello, has definitely used him in roles that he shouldn't have been used in. Now, that being said, Mark Melanson's velocity has been down a lot. His cutter, he, he can't locate his cutter. And, um, yeah, I don't know. He's just – I at some point in the season, I mean, I was like, I think it's time for him to hang him up. But, um, I don't know. It's interesting. I've, I don't know the stats on the top of my head. But in non-save roles, his ERA jumped up to like a 10-point something or like an 18. It was something crazy. And then, like, save roles, it was like – a three 3.38 which isn't great but you know it's all based on like how we're using them and um i think that plays a big part in the the mentality going into the game i mean i can talk about that forever um being a pitcher myself um just mentality in your role knowing if you're going into the ninth or like a non-save role that kind of messes up with you mentally um but I, I don't really think he's going to bounce back. Yeah, no, that that's my case. Yeah, he's he's 37. So this isn't like Woodruff was 29. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of these other guys are like, like Barrios is like 27. Blanson's 37. We saw Melanson bounce back once in his career already just for the 2020 and 2021 season. It, he's got to get too old for it at some point, right? Like it's got to happen. And, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, it may be that time. You may be right. Um, one thing that I can point to that may kind of show it's not just like maybe show the last two years were kind of a bit of luck. In 2021, now you said he led the league in saves, which is true. He had an ERA of 2.23, but he did show some signs of regression even in that year even with the Padres. And I think the Padres may have spotted this. Maybe this is why they didn't sign him, stuff like that. I don't know. But last year, his expected Woba, the hitters against him, like his, when he was pitching, his opponent's actual Woba was actually like, he was really good at limiting hitters in that regard. But his expected Woba was actually not as great. So it kind of showed signs of regression, kind of showed, I don't want to pin it on luck, but just kind of maybe luck. I don't know. Um, so if you look at the expected Woba throughout his careers, you can see it taking a nice staircase downward over the past couple of years. And this is kind of the year where his actual Woba has caught up with the staircase of the expected. Um, so that's kind of what I'm seeing with him. It's the fact that it's been going on for more than one year makes me think that it's not going to change. Um, so that's kind of where I land with things. So, yeah, that is our, that is our episode, guys. Those are the players that have kind of been off to rough starts. We're going to do a couple weeks later, uh, we're going to do the players who are going to stay hot. Um, and I think Josh gave us a couple more to add here, um, players to keep an eye on. But make sure to come back next week. Make sure to check out Josh's podcast, uh, Rattling with Resh. Check that out wherever you can find it. Hit him up on Instagram, all that stuff. And we may have him back on again. I've really enjoyed this. Hope he has as well. Uh, But we will see you guys next time.